Welcome to the Kill Rock Podcast. This is episode 40 featuring Kylan Road. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock is your place to get your free 30-day Audible trial and free Audible audiobook download. AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock.
And that was Dragon by Bandit off the record of life released on Broken Circles Records. If you want to find out more about Bandit, go check out the interview that I did with Dan Bishop back in November after you listen to this episode. This episode, episode 40, featuring Kylan Road. Welcome everyone to the Kill Rock Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. We are so happy, so proud, and so glad that you guys have come back. This is a very, very, very special episode featuring Kylan Road, uh, a band, a duo out of Orange County, California. One of the members, Dave Brunell, I went to college with him for a couple years at the, at actually Citrus College, not Musicians Institute, which we usually have MI students here on the show, but you know, uh, Dave and James, James Paik, the lead vocalist, they uh, both uh, were Citrus alumni of some degree and we are amazingly blessed to have them here on the show today today's episode is also going to feature a live performance by kylan road it's going to be in the middle of the interview so stay tuned for that amazing performance these guys are super good and you'll be hearing a lot from them in the future i'm so glad that we are able to get them here on the kill rock podcast Before we get to the interview and the jams, I want to let you guys know that we are so thankful for your support. For all you listeners that check out the Kill Rock podcast, we are thankful for you guys. We love you guys. If you guys want to continue supporting, there's so many ways you could do it. You could do it through the social media. You could do it by rating and reviewing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic, wherever you listen to the Kill Rock podcast. Also... There's a brand new survey that we just got set up through PodTrack. I'm going to have the link in the description of this episode so you guys could check it out. What PodTrack does, it helps us find out who's listening to the show. Also, it helps us with advertising. So say we want to get more advertisement, more endorsements, more sponsors, more whatever. We want it to be able to suit you, the listeners of the Kill Rock podcast. So that is a super easy way for us to find out, and it only takes five minutes of your time to fill. So check out the link in the description. Podtrack.com is your website to do that. Also, if you are in the mood to help us financially, the best and easy way for you guys to do it, and you don't even have to spend a cent, I said it in the pre-roll, audibletrial.com slash killrock. AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock is your place to get a free 30-day trial, free audiobook download. And when you uh, subscribe to Audible.com through AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock, Audible kicks back some cash to the KillRock podcast so we could be able to pay our bills and keep the show running and to keep the show free for you guys. Also, if you do want to help us financially, we do have a PayPal link. It's in the news section of killrockpodcast.com. Go to the news section. There is a button that says donate on the side of the page. And uh, you can help us through that. And we are hoping to start setting up our patreon.com crowdfunding website in just maybe a month, maybe a little longer. It depends. We're trying to figure out some incentives. Also, you know, if you guys have any ideas for incentives that we could possibly, you know, provide for you guys, if you sign up for Patreon, 
you know, send us an email. You can send myself an email personally, Keith at killrockpodcast.com. That is K-E-I-T-H. Also, you could email us at kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com. You could find us on Twitter at Kill Rock Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Kill Rock Podcast. And if you have been noticing on our YouTube page, we haven't been able to upload any videos yet. We are going to soon. But we've been doing a weekly playlist of music videos, of any type of videos, really. Last week, we had our favorite YouTube personalities, such as Tim Kayyem, such as Jared Alonji, Jared Dines, also future guest of the Kill Rock podcast, Joshua Weidling from Digital Tour Bus. He'll be on the show in a couple weeks. We have one of their videos actually featuring former guest of the show, Prepared Like a Bride. And speaking of Prepared Like a Bride, we're going to play a jam from Prepared Like a Bride right now. Yes, this is pretty, this is a kind of a pop rockish type episode, but we got to sneak some metal in there, right? And I just got off the line with Ryan Bowles, lead vocalist from Prepare Like a Bride, and he told me to let you guys know that they are in the works of something special. Ryan quoted to me, and you know this this is a direct quote. He said this, Prepare Like a Bride is working on getting back to the States, which, yes, amazing, amazing, amazing. Can't wait to see Prepare Like a Bride back in the States. He also said, keep your eyes open. We have some stuff coming up soon. So with that, we are going to play a jam off their album, Overcomer. This is the title track, Overcomer. We have Kylan Road up next here on the Kill Rock Podcast.
Welcome back to the Kill Rock Podcast. Today, we are sitting in uh, Brea, California with Kylan Rose, Dave Brunel, who I've known, I've known for quite a long time, <laughs> somewhat, uh, James Paik. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, singer, guitar player. It's a duo, right? Yes, duo. Yeah. It is a duo. So when you guys go in the studio, you guys hire your musicians to record for you guys or well, what do you guys do well well most of the guys that work close are just close friends of mine from okay. from citrus where we actually met right so uh they all play for us for free because they're buddies of ours <laughs> that must be nice most of them do <laughs> our real Very friends nice. our real friends play for free yeah, yeah. the ones who are if friends. you're a real friend you play for free <laughs> <laughs> take that kill rock <laughs> <laughs> so uh how long have you guys been playing together uh i know kylan rose hasn't or kylan did i say rose you might have, dude. I said Kylan Rose. It's got a nice ring to it, though. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna keep it road. Thanks for the suggestion, sir. But uh. Kylan Road, you guys you guys have been doing this for uh, some time, but not forever. How long have you guys been actually playing together? Uh, James and I met about ten years ago now. Okay, I've been doing music since then. Oh wow! So Kylan Road's been going on for about two years. Though. Two years, really? Mm-hmm. But you guys have been. Have, has it been that you guys have been? Uh, building up steam now or have you guys just been working at it no pretty much yeah i mean probably for the first year we spent most of the time just um having no clue what we were doing okay (laughs) trying to figure out what we wanted to sound like and um, who we wanted to work with and what we wanted to sound like and and he chose john mediana (laughs) (laughs) well actually john chose us oh okay that's one of those situations so he's okay no no no, i'm gonna gonna keep the jokes lighthearted. yeah no no for sure yeah and so yeah we've Known each other for ten years. Kyle Rose has been going for two years, but yeah, we spent most of the time in the studio with a couple different producers. Um, first of all, just songwriting in general, like potentially for placements with other artists or whatever. Okay. But also at the same time, working on our own stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been on and off. And but now, uh, because we have a little bit of a different strategy now, I think people are now finally hearing about what we're doing because it's a little bit more out there. But we've been hustling and working hard on music for the past two years. So you guys have been doing kind of a Bruno Mars type thing, kind of staying in the underground and now you guys are building yourselves out, or getting yourselves out there. I mean, I mean, man, we love Bruno Mars. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, but yeah, I think um, the initial strategy, I think at the top end, and it still is, I mean, if we could end up being really great songwriters in the industry, that would be awesome. And so, Kind of wrote it really is kind of a passion project would be my guess. I mean, that's how I see it. Hopefully mm-hmm. I'm not offending you, Dave. Mm-hmm. But uh, we both would love to do songwriting. Dave's a phenomenal producer, arranger. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot more top line, but we definitely work together in our songwriting. And uh, so even at the end of the day, if we just had a lot more placements with different artists or different situations, that would be really great for us. But we love Kyle and Roe, what's happening there because it's kind of our baby. You know, okay. It's kind of like what we sound like. And right. It's not sitting down trying to write a song for somebody else it's not trying to fit a certain genre it's just trying to figure out what we sound like and that's been the journey so yeah i understand that oh dave uh i know going back i remember one conversation we did have and it was in the hallway upstairs in the the music department well actually the whole arts department and we were talking about this uh you were you were saying hey like i went to uh the tooth and nail tour Oh yeah, I think it was the Young Blood tour or something. I think it was like what Dead Poetic, <laughs> yeah. and Norma Jean, I believe. Haste the day. Haste the day. The beloved was there. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so and under oath, yeah. And believe me, uh, this is going to turn into a question. How did you come from a kid listening to that music, screamo or metalcore and yeah. stuff, and now you're writing like, 
I, I don't want to say this is like pop, but I mean it's pretty pop, right? Oh, it's pop, yeah, it's pop for sure. Pop. It's yeah. like a pop. It's a pop rock, right? Yeah, it's a sure. pop rock. Okay, yeah, one hundred percent alternative rock kind of vibe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I hardcore will always have a place in my heart. Okay. For sure. <laughs> That's my roots, and I can't. I'm not gonna ever forget where I come from. Right. Um. But there are certain things about that style that's kind of ex- that makes it a little bit exclusive and not inclusive. Right. And I like that pop um, just gets more people involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've always wanted to have music that got people involved. You know, I always believe that music is about community and about friends and about family. And the more inclusive it is, the more friends and family are involved. Right. You know, so I love the energy of the hardcore show and I love the camaraderie of the fans and I love the the inclusivity of that scene mm. um, but what I one of the things I wanted to add to that was the ability to reach more people right. so we have scaled down the screaming pretty much 100% <laughs> quite a bit I guess yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just like to maintain the, I stream uh, a little bit the live energy like. show you push it right yeah on those high notes because Dave likes my voice really loud <laughs> I feel like though to be honest in a lot of our music I think the dynamic of our music has a lot to do with Dave's um, understanding of hardcore metalcore because I feel like that genre of music what they had on top of a lot of different genres is the sense of like a live show mm-hmm. and the sense of dynamic I mean the dynamic I think in those in that space is so clearly and methodically thought through right. it's what makes the music what it is in terms of metalcore and so I think in a lot of sense uh, our music absolutely still reaches from that space of dynamic because you listen to hip-hop or r&b that's not really what it's about it's more about hey let's let's settle in on a groove let's settle on what feels good but i think that rock and roll background from dave's end really kind of gets like these soft moments these hard-hitting moments and so it's it's one of those things where uh it's like probably the best example of like how genres of music can mix Sure. Mm-hmm. Because, sure. I mean, I'm sure Definitely. writing pop music, uh, to some it might seem more simple than writing metal. But at the same time, you're still doing some pretty complicated things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even when the, in the, the cover that you guys did, you were playing around with some delay and a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. different uh, chords and stuff. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah. 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 When I first met Dave, he was in a band called Ambience, which was like this. I think we played with him. What is it? What is yeah. it? What yeah, would you? Yeah. What would Back you? What would the, the genre be? Post hardcore. Post hardcore. Yeah, I'm sure there's like. A, I, I grew up listening to R&B and hip hop. Right. And so I had like no appreciation for that in my life well, okay. until but, I went to a show, uh-huh. and then I got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I feel like that whole scene was about the live show, and I think that's where like it connected for me. And so, Kylan Road, I think, will always, in a sense, always be, even when we're in the studio, which is harder for us sometimes, we'll always be thinking about the live show. Right. Definitely, Because yeah. of that, you know? But now, yeah. when it comes to writing, though, you guys do have some originals coming out. Uh, you say you come from an R&B background, he comes from a post-hardcore, metalcore. Yeah. How do you guys collaborate in the writing process? Um, generally, what happens is uh, James will write like some kind of chorus, okay. just some like you know chords and like a really really cool melodic idea, and then he'll show it to me. And like if I'm really into it, well, I'm always into it. But right. uh, in terms of being a Colin Road song, <laughs> that's not true. He's lying. <laughs> He's lying, folks. So so who gets mad at who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah. do it that route. Sometimes we'll okay. James will kind of have an idea, and then we'll uh, finish it together. Okay. Or, or sometimes what I'll do is I'll record some uh, some guitar you know, stuff on my phone and like I'll send it to him if he likes it, we'll write to that as well. You guys don't lock yourselves in and 
try to kick something, you guys kind of stay away from each other while riding? Well, no. actually, it's, it's both and. It's both okay. and, yeah. Some, sometimes yeah. it starts just the one person, like just an idea, and then we collaborate the rest of it. And sometimes we'll just write the whole entire thing together. Okay. Yeah. But it's not uncommon for us to, for me to write like maybe 5% of the song before I show it to James, and we do the rest of it completely on our okay. together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. There's a lot of trust. I mean, me and David yeah. have known each other now for 10 years. So uh, I think when you collaborate, there has to be a sense of trust because not every call that I make, Dave's going to like, mm-hmm. and not every call Dave makes, I'm going to like. That's and not true, actually. He, he likes like, all my calls. He so likes everything. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, no, and, I told, and I you have to let it go sometimes <laughs> because. At the end of the day, the song's not about what I like versus what he likes. It's about what we like. Right. And so, in a collaboration, it's not about one person coming out on top. It's about both parties really walking away feeling proud about the song. And so, I think, you know, I do more of the top line than he does. He does more of, like, the musical arrangement than I do. But we absolutely have a say-so in each other's worlds. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of times where David said, I don't really like that lyric, or I don't really like that melody. What about this melody? Mm-hmm. What about that? And I'm like, dude, yeah, that sounds dope. And I, I might be like, hey, I don't really like that chord progression. What if we, you know, add this in there? And he's like, yeah, man, that sounds cool too. So right. there's just a lot of trust. I think it's because we've known each other for so long and we really do, on a personal level, trust each other. So it's actually not that, um, yeah, it's not that like, acrimonious. It's not, it's yeah, not individual. It's, nice. it's yeah. a true collaboration right. for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure those there's those ideas where maybe one doesn't like the others, but the other is kind of like, you know what, just trust me. And oh, eventually yeah, it just works yeah. out. Definitely right. happens for sure. And at the end of the day, man, you just, because, you know, we love each other so much, it's like you appreciate that for, even if it's individual, you just appreciate that. Like, dang, man, that's not me, but that's gorgeous. And I'm oh. proud to put my name on that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. <laughs> even those parts you don't like. You're yeah. Like, no, no I don't. Yeah. Everyone else likes it. So, yeah. you know, you know, you know, <laughs> you're not going to like every part, right? Right. Sure. sure. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Yeah. I think especially when you're in a, in a, I mean, we're only in a duo situation. Right. I can't even imagine like a true collaborate. I don't feel like a lot of bands are really like that. I think right. like, when they hit those moments is when they start to fall apart. Usually it's two or three guys out of the band that are really kind of pushing the creative and everybody else kind of just walking along. Right. Um, and so I know some bands aren't like that, but I can, I can only imagine how difficult it would be beyond a two-person situation. Now, have you guys thought about starting a full-fledged band, or is it going to be strictly duo? We definitely have thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of the uh, like writing process, at this point, it's James and I writing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always open to writing with somebody else, um, but in, but at this point, everything has been Kylan Road only. Right. Um, I love playing with a live band and that's definitely my hardcore roots like coming to the surface that's like what it what it has always been about is just playing live you know and and conveying your music in that in that manner um but yeah i would love to have a full band i would i i remember you know being in ambience like living in the same house together and doing everything together and practicing (laughs) every day and you know all the all the all the great things that go along with that right um I want to feel that closeness again, the camaraderie with, with people. You know, I had that with James and with the drummer, bass player, and guitar player. It just sounds sounds amazing. And you got all your friends playing for free, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have, we have great, great friends. And yeah. They're, they're all, like, amazing musicians, and they all do their own thing besides, you know, what they do with us. But they're also, like, really great people, and that's right. really what it comes down to for me is having people that I really trust and love being a part of it. Right. You know? And that was one thing about Citrus that I did love. They're amazing musicians, like every around every corner that you oh, yeah. walk around. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. 
So, uh, your guys' background, uh, we talked about that, we talked about writing. Um, how many more covers are you guys going to come out before you release ri original material? Uh, we're not really sure at this point. Okay. Uh, we are working on our next cover already, actually. Are uh, you able to tell us what it is? Yeah, it's actually... Can we tell? Yeah. Well, this it's is, is going to be released in probably the end of... and Maybe the first week of April. So it'll come out a, by then. It'll come out by then, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We're so doing the Neil Kelly Clarkson single. Okay. Featuring John Legend, actually. It's called Run, Run, It's called Run, Run, Run. Run, Run. So John Legend is going to be in the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it, well, just, I'm kidding. He's going to look real Asian in it. Okay. Yeah, he'll be there. So you're, you're going to be John Legend and... Actually, Kelly no. As, as, no, actually, we're doing another... Um, so our first cover we did... Uh, which we kind of just did as a, uh, a random thing was with a girl called Erica Gatron. Okay. Had, do you know Erica? Yeah. So she signed to Red One's label. Right. And uh, John Mediano hooked us up and we did it and it just ended up doing really well. Mm -hmm. So we never thought we'd do cover videos. But what had happened was we did one for fun, uh -huh. thinking that it was going to put some traffic to our SoundCloud. And what and it did really well. Megan Trainer tweeted it. It's there's no money on the back end put in in terms of PR and it's just right. kind of organically grown in terms of it's like fan base viewership and through that there's been a bunch of open doors on the back end you are recording <laughs> John Mediano this is why John Mediano is useless <laughs> you guys need a manager <laughs> and uh, so yeah so um, because a bunch of doors opened up because of this through different back channels I guess you can say we are now exploring what this could look like for us in terms of a, a little bit more of a career okay yeah in that sense yeah so have you guys been thinking about the ideas of taking this full time and you know maybe taking it doing a tour or two with uh, I've thought about it well, of course you come from a hardcore <laughs> background I've, I've, metal guy. I have <laughs> thought about doing music full time my entire life yes <laughs> and in the context of a band that would be the ideal situation um i i kind of like let go of that after ambience broke up because right. i knew i had to like be an adult and because i remember i remember you had even like the post hardcore hair it's like all straightened and everything oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I was this guy looked like a lady from the back metal, metalhead dave <laughs> <laughs> um, but after after going to school for so many years and like starting to play professional gigs mm -hmm. i kind of like shifted that to just being a hired guitar player because mm -hmm. I realized that, that at a, in, in back in 2008 that I could actually make a living playing guitar right. not playing for a band right. didn't even know that was possible and then I've been doing music full time since then um, but now that Conroe is starting to do well um, I would definitely be happy to to drop everything and make Conroe the full time gig for sure yeah if, your eyes kind of opened it, up you were kind of happy about that weren't you no I mean <laughs> if, if it comes up you know it's definitely one of those things where it's like a, it's a dream right yeah. so dream there people take on dreams differently I feel like I tend to be a little bit more of a skeptic you know what okay. I'm saying so I tend to be more, more realist I'm Asian American you know what I'm saying I come from an immigrant family who had to work their butts off to they didn't get to dream. So the fact that I even have the notion of being able to make a decision like that is pretty insane to me because I didn't grow up in that context. So like my parents gave up everything so that I might have that context. And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy to even think about that uh, because even still, like, like we had talked about even before this thing started, it's like, my mind still thinks about like, yo, what does songwriting look like for other right. artists and what is all that could, because it's still kind of a practical, sensible thing to do in the industry, right? It's still hard, but like, it's still kind of making money and doing the business part of it. So 
now though, yeah, doors have kind of opened up, and we're just we're kind of. Just, I think we're just seeing. We're gonna want to walk through them and see what happens, you know. And uh, but yeah, who does not want to be a rock star? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't care if you do music well or not. Like, yeah, if you had the chance, I think the answer would be yes for anybody. Well, you did talk about writing music for other acts. Uh, what are some acts that you have written for our producers that you've written for? Sure. Written for. There's a written. yeah. There's an, there's an artist that signed to Sony BMG as a songwriter. Her name is Marley Monroe. Okay. She's a good friend of ours. We've been working with her for probably a year or so. Maybe a year. About yeah. a year. Um, we've written a lot of songs that we've pitched with her. None of them have gotten picked up yet, but we've okay. we've, been, we've done a lot of collaborations with her. Um, I also MD your band and like arrange her live songs and all that okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I know a guy at BMG. Oh really? Yeah. 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 He just got a job over there. I think she might be Chrysalis. Well, it's BMG and Chrysalis. Yeah, they've been yeah. together now. Yeah, uh, I've written for um, an indie band called Young Cult, who's doing really well. Yeah, Young Cult. Okay. So they're doing really well um, right now, kind of on like the blog blogosphere. Yeah. They just got their first gig on South by Southwest. Which that's like one. Of, that's a great way to get your band out there. There's like a cool thing about technology and like the hard part of technology, right? Yeah. The cool thing is it's opened up doors for people who have never had entry into this industry at all. Right. But the hard part is like it's so full now. It's a little bit harder to kind of weed through everything else that's out there. You know what I'm saying? So like if you don't have the business savvy behind a great song, I mean I think people still think like, man, if you just have a great song, it'll rise up. Which a part of me wants to believe, like the ideal part of me wants to believe that. But my thought is, man, if you have zero business savvy, zero marketing savvy, you're gonna have a very difficult time, no matter how good the song is, right. to rise above all the stuff that's going on because how many things are out there that, you know, again, not bad, this is not a judgment thing, but like, are good music, but not, you know, they're not stellar. Right. Great stuff, but not stellar, that are totally rising to the top because they have the right team behind them, because right. they have the right look or they have the right whatever. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's amazing. So, yeah, we wrote for Young Cult. I wrote for Young Cult. Um, We've written with um, an artist that signed to the Heavyweights out in LA. Uh, we've written with a guy who's written for, his name's EJ Songs, we've written with him. Uh, we've had a song produced and worked together on a song with a guy called Chris Seafried, okay. who's worked on, um, gosh, what's that band's name? Fits in the Tantrums. Fits in the Tantrums and okay. some company. So Good again, day. like definitely, again, this started like maybe two years ago. So just like putting stuff out there, but being able to meet some great people in the process and nothing's never landed but definitely like getting things out there I feel like it's a numbers game at the end of the day we're starting to work with um, a guy called Mike Dupree who um, has placements with like TI a bunch of hip hop artists multi-platinum guy right John Um, and we're going to be in the studio very soon with some incredibly uh, renowned people which we're super stoked about. <laughs> that you're gonna start paying <laughs> yeah well uh, no yeah, yeah, yeah maybe no, maybe no I mean we don't have any money to pay them so if you're listening we so have you're gonna no get money Diego to, to jam on everything exactly. off yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I do hey, he's a good drummer to be able to do it so how'd you get connected with this big oaf John Mediana former guest of the Kill Rock podcast love y'all yeah <laughs> John, John, where did we meet? Was it? We met at church. church. Burger King? Oh, at church. <laughs> Burger King. I always forget which one, you know. Burger King Church. Burger Very King simpler church. spaces. This is actually the Very place similar. where duck farts was uh, was uh, invented, but we'll, we'll, I digress. <laughs> Talk about that later. Yeah. But yeah, how'd you get connected with this guy? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, so there's a church that James and I both work at called, yeah, okay. 
We both work at a church <laughs> called The Cause. I don't know how much we're, we're able to say. I've never done this before. You could, you could talk about church. Yeah, yeah. It's no problem. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, James and I are so both like music guys at this at this church in okay. Brea called The Cause. And um, when The Cause first started like 10 years ago, uh, James and I and John were all part of the youth ministry. Uh, James and I were like doing uh, worship stuff and John was involved in the media department. Oh, okay. And uh, we like did camps together with like junior hires and high schoolers and that, that whole thing. So everyone in this room has known each other for at least I think I've I've yeah. known John and you probably almost a decade yeah about 10 years wow yeah. there's a lot of years in this room it's yeah, awesome <laughs> many years together so yes. about, <laughs> the, we uh, they used to I, I just watched but they used to do these videos called what stupid stuff wouldn't Jesus do they basically are like version of jackass have you seen those and they no, but basically it doesn't cut these videos <laughs> where these guys are like spitting each other's mouth <laughs> like running and they're doing this thing called Tampico challenge which if you don't know Tampico oh is it is this <laughs> thick citrusy drink that I think the Latino population <laughs> likes yeah. and the, if you chug it it's like milk you you, you will be forced to throw up Oof. and so the, the game is whoever throws it first wins yeah. type of situation oh throws up the most. <laughs> so we, yeah. throws up so I always watch from a distance because I never wanted to be a part of that but it, it was a co- it made like the connection stronger yeah, doing stupid stuff you. together <laughs> well, I remember John's orange juice thing when he oh, had to take no. a picture of everyone with orange juice. Oh, that was like for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to God that picked it up. All right, just for you guys, the listeners of the Kill Rock podcast, this is Kylan Road with an original song. James, what's the song called? It's called We Reached Our End. We Reached Our End. Here you go. to be best friends Seems like love's turned into hate And there's nothing left to make Feels like holding on is killing you So it's time I let you go My heart just wants to hold on tight my mind say no Let's just leave each other With broken heart in hand You'll always have a piece of me You took it and ran Are you sure you wanna leave? Think about it one more time But then again, don't think that I could see You shed one more tear or see you cry Let's just leave each other With broken heart in hand You'll always have a piece of me you took it in red Let's not fight again Let's just 
say this time you win Not that it matters anymore Because we've reached our end Oh, oh, oh. As you go, I hope you find your dream again. Deep down, I know the hate I have is really love in the end. Dude, thank you guys so much. And we have more from Kylan Road in just one moment. I cannot get over how good these guys are. Uh, I was hoping to be able to get them to do an acoustic thing before the interview, or at least during the interview. But, you know, I, I didn't want to like put them on the spot and say, Hey guys, just, you know, get the guitar out and let's do this. You know, didn't want to put them on the spot though, but John Mediana showed up and he said, Hey, why don't they do like an acoustic thing for you? And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. So, Thank you guys for doing that for us, Kylan Road. We're going to have more from their interview in just one moment. But before we do that, we have a special announcement for you guys. Former guest of the Kill Rock podcast, as well as, I guess you would say, a co-host, Wasim Bazi. He's going to be back on the show. This week, actually, Thursday, we are going to have a special episode featuring his brand new band, Traveler. You guys are going to want to check this out. If you loved Good Luck Varsity, if you love American Arts, and if you love anything coming out of the Midwest, uh, Wasim has nothing to do with American Arson, but because they do link Good Luck Varsity together, I thought I should mention it. Anyway, him and his new uh, bandmate, Brandon, you, they will be on the show this Thursday talking about their brand new EP that will be released Friday, March 27th. It's going to be an episode kind of like the one we did with Hotel Books where the whole episode was just the interview. So guys, get stoked. Everyone loves Wasim here, and we're hoping to be able to do some more midweek episodes, whether about whether they're about Warp Tour or whether they're about anything. Wasim said he wants to be a co-host on this show, at least for a midweek episode. So stay tuned for anything in the future. Stay tuned for Wasim Bazi and Traveler this Thursday. Uh, I believe that's March 26th. If it's not March 26th, then you guys could hang me because I don't have a calendar in front of me. It's March 26th. 
with that, we're going to get back to our interview with Kylan Road right now. Right now. Here it is. Kylan Road right now. Boo! So what, do you, what are you guys, uh, um, how many songs have you guys written together? Oh, man. In our lives? In your lives. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, honestly. In the last 10 years that you've known each other? I would say probably hundreds. Close to 200. So you have enough to, like, you know, beat out the Beatles. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know the quality of the songs are, are that, to that caliber, but, yeah, we've written. I'm not I honestly feel like close to hundreds. Yeah. Probably close to 200. Most of those have probably been in the past, like, eight years okay. with our church. Okay. And then recently... Being like the past two years, we've taken a lot more leaps in the pop genre. So I'm assuming a lot of worship songs. Yeah, lots of worship okay. songs. Yeah, yeah James and I have done like seven or eight albums with the church. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, that's crazy. All original stuff. Yeah. And then in the past couple of years, we've been doing uh, pop stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we there were like like it was peppered throughout too because we we were in a band called Love Spill that lasted <laughs> for about two seconds, and then we kind of did a side project that lasted for about two seconds. <laughs> So we like did the, we've done a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying. So if we count those, definitely hundreds. Yeah, a lot of and, songs. Yeah, there's a lot of songs. Yeah. So there's a lot of bad songs and a lot of good songs. No, a lot of bad all, ones. They're, they're a lot of bad ones. I thought you were gonna say they're all bad. <laughs> they're all phenomenal. There's a lot of bad ones. There's a couple good ones. Yeah. There's no such thing as a bad song. She's well, a bad critic. Yeah, maybe. I just yeah. made that up right now. Come on. There you go. Whatever. If the world was actually <laughs> like that, that'd be amazing. <laughs> No, but like, I feel like that's something about songwriting, right? I feel like as a songwriter, you have to write a ton of songs to get to you. I mean, sometimes you trip on a good one, you know? Right. Like, it's almost like you're lucky and it, the song finds you type of situation. But most of it, man, you just gotta work at it. It's like a muscle. I feel like it's like a muscle. I don't, I'm not trying to take away the romanticism of it because it is still an amazing process. But I feel like you've gotta work hard. You've gotta write a lot. You're gonna write a lot of crap. And then you, sometimes you'll hit gold. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I just feel that way about it, honestly. And even at MI, uh, one of my teachers, he even said, even in the day we, the day and age we live in, you still just need to write a good song. It's all you need to do is write a good song, and you'll make it. Yeah. One good song will make it. Yeah. It can. It can certainly help. <laughs> no. no, I mean, there's tons of artists out there who are phenomenal artists. I mean, we talk to producers all the time about this. They have got a following, they're, they've got a look, they're incredible, but they still haven't found that one song to take it to the mm-hmm. next level. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I literally have had that conversation with a bunch of different guys, and they're just looking for that one song. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it happened for Bruno as well. Like, he was knocking on the door for many, many mm-hmm. years before, you know, Billionaire came out. Then when that song came out, that was it for him, you know? Him and Sex Panther, man. Sex Panther. That was his, that was his group. Oh, was that, Sex group? that was his group that was in Hollywood, Sex Panther. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I th- I think with uh, acts like Bruno, uh, I mean, you guys. I mean, I don't want to say you guys are doing exactly the same stuff, for, but from what I hear right now, I mean, you guys are you know working underneath in like in the basement, yeah, just working your honing your craft, and yeah. eventually someday it's gonna get out there. Yeah. Even with these cover videos, I know a lot of cover videos are making those artists nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the YouTube scene has become saturated with covers. It's like 60% covers on YouTube now. And you don't have a bad guy filming them. 
Yeah, I mean we <laughs> we have um we have a SoundCloud out right now right. that does have three originals on it. Okay. And um, can you give it? Can you give us that? Somewhere? Yeah, it's just uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Kylan Road. Okay. And um, one two of the songs got picked up by like college radio. Oh, nice. And so there's been small stuff that I have, but honestly we haven't pushed it that much. There's like a I think there's a sense in us that we we want to push when it's like the right time. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to just um, put whatever out there. Right. Um, so like we haven't been like tweeting everybody and calling everybody and like hey listen to our band like it's really been a slow process for us because the story behind the band too is like might be a little bit more insightful to why we're kind of taking it slow like this you know it's it's not all about just getting a band out there and mm-hmm. becoming nice it's it's deeper than that for right. us we really want <clears> to <throat> do it right you know and because we've messed up so many times <laughs> and everything has failed a lot so the slow burn, man. Yeah, uh, you guys have you guys have a gig tonight, right? I know this this episode is going to come out later on, but you guys oh. do, are gigging tonight, right? I am. You are. Yeah, for something unrelated to Kylie. Okay, no, but uh, it's perfect because I do want to talk about gigging because a lot of our listeners they are in bands, they are musicians. Uh, what are the benefits of being in a band, but also being able to gig outside of the band? Oh, there's there's a lot of benefits to it, but I'll make it really concise. Um, you have to make a living somehow, right? And you kind of make a living working at Guitar Center, right? Or playing music professionally, you know. And like, while the end game for me, wait, hang on a second. That's no knock against Guitar Center. I love Guitar Center. Oh yeah, I shop there all the time. We all do. In <laughs> but, Covina, uh, we love it. You know, but in the end of the day, <laughs> we don't want to sell music. We want to we want to make music, right? You know, um, we want to sell it too and make money off of that. But you know, uh, teaching, you know, private lessons and like playing at weddings and learning you know hundreds of pop songs and being a human pop jukebox is not mm-hmm. like necessarily what I want to be doing forever but it does get me much closer to what I, what I want to do which is just make music right you know and um, there's so many more opportunities for you to make music if you're doing it all the time than right. if you're not doing it all the time so for me it's not just that my passion is music it's my job and my life, it's what I do when I'm at home, it's what I do when I'm at work, it's what I do when I'm at school or when right. I was at school. It's it's become a 24-7 commitment for me. So because of that, if I if I remain invested in all the things I'm doing, then when one of them takes off, I'm 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 ready to go, you know, as opposed to having a normal job that's completely unrelated that doesn't even help it at all, and then and then not ever like progressing because of that. Right. You know? Um, I played bands for a long time, and it was really fun, and it's it's a really great way to learn how to play music. But there's so much more to music than just learning a five-song, 30-minute set with your buddies and like performing it at right. the chain reaction. You know, because my perspective back then, when I was 18, 19, was very, very small. You know, my my first time hearing Stevie Wonder's music was in college, which right. is really embarrassing for me to say, but it's the truth. Same thing with Michael Jackson. I didn't even know what these that these people sounded like before I actually learned their songs. Right. It was part of a requirement at Citrus, and that's really where I under, began to understand that my my vision of music was really small. And playing, believe it or not, playing at these like really crappy bars for like you know some of the most interesting people you might meet in Southern California, and like playing at these really really big celebrity weddings and you know, playing at, at every club in LA, it just teaches you um, how vast music is and how many people really want to hear great music. And you learn that music has so much more of an influence 
um, if you're able to to be diverse in it and not just do one thing really really well. Right. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes total so. sense. Because even when I started going to Citrus, I never even really listened to classic rock until I took Gunner's History of Rock and Roll class. Mm-hmm. And now I, I mean, I can't stop listening to Pink Floyd and Eric Clapton and even somewhat the Beatles. I'm not really a big fan, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Whoa, interesting. <laughs> Not a huge. I mean, they're they're good for what they are. Anyways, I'm gonna get some emails. Now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're definitely gonna get some emails, bro. I'm not gonna comment on that. <laughs> you're like you love thrice yeah. too much and you hate on the Beatles. So I don't think you should have your own show now. <laughs> I think though, too, like just to, like to balance. I feel like for different people, music serves a different purpose in their life. Right. I don't feel like just because you want to do music in the sense of like being in a band that it has to be your whole world. I mean, if music is a space in which you want to create, and that's your space and you want to protect that and like doing wedding gigs and all that kind of stuff that's going to kill that, then you have every right as a person to make a decision on how you want to live your life and right. how you want to move forward. Because I know guys who, um, they start to do those things and it like, it kills their creativity. Mm-hmm. They start to think about music so much like a business that it kills their voice in music, it kills why they love music. And so music can absolutely be a money maker, but I think if you really love music, that's not why you love music. It's not because it's making you dollars. Mm. You love it because of what it does in you, what it does for other people when you do it. Uh, and so to balance it, like, I think it's great. Like obviously too, like I do music for a living. I do it on a, like a church perspective, but I also know guys, you know, a friend of ours who's in a band that's gonna tour Europe soon, uh, Robert John the Wreck. Like, He's decided in his oh, life. So good. Yeah, like yeah, Andrew Spantman, drummer of that band, has decided like he could play he could play gigs, he can yeah. totally play gigs, but he's decided he like, I want to concentrate on building music. Right. I don't want to just play cover stuff. And I feel like there's a lot of respect that I have for people like that too. So I think it just depends on who you are, right? And and how you want to interact with music in your life and and who you are. So I think yeah, gig if you can, man. If that's something that you love, great. But if that's gonna kill why you love music in the first place, yeah, maybe it's not worth it. You know, maybe you maybe you just work at Starbucks and you work hard and you see what happens. You know, and you're looking right into my life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I know exactly you know what I'm saying. saying? Yeah. So like, at the end of the day, the, music shouldn't even be about notoriety or fame. It's about like what it does for you. So if you're gonna die unhappy just making music and making money off of it. I feel like you're better off like not making money and just doing music for yourself. Right. So I think it really depends on what you were, you know, how, how you're built. I feel like if you're built to like be okay with like serving like someone else's artistry and someone else's vision, like that's cool. You should learn that period anyways because it's a good training ground to understand like music on a different level, like Dave was talking about. But at the end of the day, if you're doing that all your life and it's killing you because you're not making your own, you gotta think about that. Now, see, when it comes to the passion and having a passion for music, I guess having a passion for anything in general, how do you, when you get to the point where that passion kind of dwindles, how are you able to build that back up? Well, I think for me, um, having really good friends is like probably the most important thing Mm. um, in anything in life, but really what keeps me going is my friendships. Okay. Um, without without having the like the best friends in the world, <laughs> right. I just don't know if I would have made as many decisions I've made that have been that have been good for my life. You know, just the decision to like try doing music for a living. That was actually a decision that James helped me make when I was like 19. I remember uh-huh. I don't know if you remember this, but we were sitting at his house. Um, I was sitting on the couch, <laughs> just like talking about how um, I was like 
getting like offers from people like do some teaching mm-hmm. probably guitar lessons and Jane and I was like yeah but I don't really have time because I'm working two jobs and I'm in an ambience and he's like dude just quit your jobs and try doing music for a living and I was like what <laughs> no man like there's no there's no security in that and I don't I don't understand why he was saying that and then I realized like I don't have much to lose like I might as well give it a try and like that conversation you know changed my life in right. a lot of ways and and James was the only person who believed in me but he was a person that I trusted that that had just said something that like really made an impact on me you know and I have a lot I have a lot of uh, appreciation for him just for, for that one reason but also for our the course of our entire relationship you know and all the guys I play with all the guys I gig with they're all they're all my best friends mm-hmm. you know they aren't just like people that I'm that I'm there to make a buck with but it's it's time for us to build relationships together and right. it's time for us to hang out and and be buddies you know and when I have issues with them I tell them and we work it out and and it's great you know so my my dream to continue doing music has been kept alive because of my friendships for right. sure and because of my my drive to continue pursuing it but really I don't know if I ever would have made it if I had been a lone wolf and I think a lot of times what can happen if you do only gig all the time and you make it about networking and not about making friendships is that's what can happen is you can end up being by yourself. Right. And I think that's what James is really illustrating when he says that. You know, if, if gigging is going to destroy your ability to have friends because you become so network-minded and so money-minded, then you really shouldn't do it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin your opportunity to make real friendships. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, what you have is you have, is you have friends and family, you know? So without those two things, being successful in music isn't going to really mean too much, for sure. Yeah, so. I, dude, I told I respect the notion of an, of, of an... I feel like people feel like a true artist is like somebody that would give their life to their art. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I respect that. If, if you feel, man, that that's what you need to do, I mean, man, you need to do that. But I think for me, like, I've just decided that my life is not just about me. Right. It's not just about a product, you know? It's not about me, because... Here's the thing, man. Like, after I die, like, 20 years later, I don't care how big I get, about 20 to 30 years later, no one's even remember who the hell I am. Like, no one's going to know. So, like, what am I going to live my life for? Mm-hmm. I feel like, man, I, I think it's good that passion dwindles because it shows you are you really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's, like, someone's trying to stomp out your fire or a situation's trying to stomp out your fire, like, are you going to step up and, like, fight for it again? And and what is gonna and you get to answer the question like what inside me is actually driving me? I think it's different for different people. For some people, it's fame, fortune. For some people, it's because they still want to prove something to their dad. For some people, it's they want to prove something to themselves. Like for real, right? Like this is all real stuff. But for me, I feel like, and it, for me, it's been all those things, you know. Um, but for me, I, I through the fire, like through like people's trying to stomp it out of us. I feel like we realize like me and Dave have both realized this is about community it's about family it's about music is something that connects people period at the end of the day you know um, and that's what it's about so if we're not doing that then we're not really doing music right we're doing something else that we don't even want to qualify as music it's just something selfish it's some some stupid tool but if it is about connecting people and like telling really great stories and and hearing other people's great stories then that's music you know so I think each person your fire is different man and whatever's driving you cool man like go for it do what you need to do but at the end of the day you have to ask that answer that question for you, like, what is actually driving me right Right. and then you realize dude this drive is stupid I need to get off this wagon quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> or you gotta be like okay cool this is what it is and I'm gonna keep going you right. know so but yeah I think it's good 
I think it's good that sometimes people try to stomp it out, see what you're made of. Now, if the, we lived in a world without music, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist, man. No, oh, if we if we lived in a in a world without melody, harmony, chords, progressions, yada yada yada, what would you guys be doing? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine a world. It's, honestly, right though, music is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even in the intonation of which we speak, right? So then you're telling me that there's a world, there's no communication, there's no sound. Right. Because there is music in everything. If you can, if you if your perspective can shift the right way, there's music in everything. Right. It's not always good music. I'm not trying to say like everything's <laughs> a melody and harmony. I'm not that hippie, but um, not that I don't like hippies. But, uh, but you know what I'm saying? I, you're describing a world that I don't feel like is possible to exist. <laughs> For real, I think, you know, it, it's everywhere, man. It, it really, yeah, I don't know. I think we feel it on a consistent basis. It's just, it's, yeah, it's everywhere. It doesn't exist, man. We don't exist. So, if, so now that world. now that he just outskirted my question, Dave, what would you be doing? <laughs> I'd be a lumberjack. You'd be a lumberjack? Okay. Yeah. Or a gymnast. <laughs> And that's true, man. David's actually very... Uh, I mean, I think he could have definitely been a gymnast. <laughs> the Olympics and everything, man. You might have missed your calling, bro. <laughs> but I'm glad you did because that means you get to make music with me. Where have I been? Oh, playing songs on my guitar. Uh, yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, that thing you do quote? Yeah. All right. Yes, All dude, right. come on. Has our fame preceded us? <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, Kylan Road... Uh, I should probably ask this in the beginning of the interview, but where'd you guys get that name? Oh. Kylan Road. So, um, some very, very dear friends of ours. Okay. Um, they actually, they had a kid named Kylan who passed away 14 days after, 14? 10 days. Within 10 days. Yeah. 10 days after he was born, he passed. Okay. Um, and it was, as you can imagine, just a really, really just uh, incredible experience to just go through with them. Right. And, um, during the process of that happening, you know, they they played music for Kylan that James and I had written. Oh wow! Uh, yes, there were some songs that we'd done with our church that they were listening to to kind of help them get through that time. And so Desiree uh, pulled James aside and, and just told him to never stop writing music because that was such a meaningful thing that he was doing. And at that at that point in our lives, we had really given up on being uh, full time artists. We had given it a shot a couple times and mm-hmm. just kind of gave up because it's, it's really hard. Right. <laughs> um, but when Des said that, it really just made a huge impact on us to the point where we wanted to start something that would bring some meaning to, to their lives, to our lives, and to his life, you know. So, um, essentially, we're walking down the Kylan Road. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's where the idea comes from. Yeah, it's from. part of, like, you know, Kylan didn't, get, Kylan didn't get to live his whole life, for sure. Mm. He only lived for a couple of days. So, it makes you think, right, like, life is very <laughs> transient here and gone so it's like what are we gonna like we could have just left kind of the dream and left kind of what we were felt like we were built to do and like well whatever it's but like when you see that man we were afforded this opportunity that not everyone is afforded it, it makes you think differently you know it makes you think like dang man like what i gotta at least try right you know, i gotta at least put it out there and so forever like kylan road no matter what happens like labels no labels fame no fame whatever Kylan Road will always be because Dave and I for the rest of our lives will be doing music together now to what capacity what that actually looks like who knows but Kylan Road will always exist because we will at this point of our lives never ever let go of 
the fact that we were built to do music no matter what people say no matter if people if labels like it or not no matter if the market likes it or not we're doing music because that's what we're built to do and if we're doing anything else it feels stupid and it feels weird and it feels really ugly so yeah man that's where it comes from that's awesome um so any uh where can we find you guys on facebook the twits everything is backslash kylan road kylan road yeah k-y-l-a-n r-o-a-d or is it r-d r-o-a-d r-o-a-d yeah. We're not that hipster. So, so <laughs> we left the vowels in there. So it's Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm assuming, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Of course, you guys have, you guys are on and, everywhere and SoundCloud. SoundCloud, right? And that's yeah. where you could uh, listen to the originals that you guys have posted. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Awesome, guys. YouTube. Thank you so much for coming. What'd you say? YouTube. 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 That's gonna be changed. YouTube. Changing the YouTube.com backslash Cloud very soon. Okay. <laughs> just type it in. And Thanks, John. <laughs> we love you, man. <laughs> okay, I think I heard you. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. I like being heard. Now let's end on a let's end on a good positive note. Yeah. Dave, let's do that. Give us one of your cheesy music jokes. <laughs> uh, so actually, I won't give you music jokes. I will give you um, a statement, though. Okay. Regarding what I've been studying recently, uh, I actually really like dragons. <laughs> Okay. I've been studying dragons in my spare time when I'm not like working on music stuff for Kylan Road. Okay. And I've actually discovered the reason why dragons can't play music. Why? The scales are too hard. <laughs> Keith, man, why are you laughing that loud? You know that's not that funny. Dude, man. that was great. Come on. That was great. And oh, that's man. how it's going to fade out. Come on. Tell me that is not the funniest thing ever. I am a sucker for puns and I am a sucker for cheesy joke so dave thank you for humoring me hopefully we could get you on the show more often just to have a joke time with dave or something i don't care something like that uh james and dave they're not brunels they're both not brunels james paik and dave brunel kylan road thank you guys for coming on to the kill rock podcast for humoring us for talking to us it's very informative when you get to talk to someone That is outside of the metal genre, the post-hardcore genre. And yeah, David came from that background. But, you know, it's it's different when you're talking to someone that plays a completely different style now. Especially with the industry the way it is. These guys, they're putting their eggs in a basket that I, I feel like a lot of musicians that go towards the metalcore and hardcore scene are kind of scared of. Because metalcore and hardcore, no matter what you think, they're never going to be mainstream. Or at least they're never going to be as mainstream as they were in the 2000s. And even then, they weren't super mainstream. All they really had was Headbangers Ball and some MTV video airplays. Yeah, they sold albums, but they were never as big as Justin Timberlake or Britney Spears or whoever else came out in that, that those days. I mean, Britney Spears wasn't that huge back then because she was shaving her head. But you know what I mean. You get it. These guys are putting their eggs in this basket, this Kylan Road basket, and they've been working at this for 10 years. There's one thing to see a new band and be like, oh, they're inexperienced. Sometimes you don't even know how inexperienced a band really is because they have been working day after day, year after year to be able to put their music out there for people to like their music. 
And if you work hard enough and you write a song that's good enough, I said earlier in the interview uh, about a teacher of mine who said, nowadays you still need that good song. Here's the thing. You need the, you need to write a good song. If you write a good song, then people will hear it. People would want to hear it. And I think that's what Kylan Road has done. You know, the song they played in the middle of this episode, we've reached our end. That it's a total radio song, especially nowadays. People don't want the cookie cutter pop music. They want the ballads. They want the sentimental love songs. And that song is perfect. It has that feel of songs like Say Something that have been radio gems. And though they may not last as long on the radio, they make their mark on people's hearts. And I feel like that's what Kylan Road has. I think they have the ability to be able to touch people's hearts. So with that, I'm going to say it again. Thank you guys for coming on to the show. Thank you guys for blessing us with a live performance. Thank you guys for just talking with us and letting us in on your writing process as well as gigging. I think gigging is probably the most interesting thing from my perspective, especially one that played music, uh, especially one that never wanted to cover. I, one thing I always, I always said I would never do. And when I picked up the guitar, cause I already played bass, but when I picked up the guitar, I said, I'm only going to use this guitar to write music. I'm never going to find, figure out music. I'm never going to play someone else's music. And, you know, for the next 10 years, all I did was play other people's music because all I did was play worship music. It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting way of being a musician. You know, you don't feel that creative playing someone else's music. But at the same time, you do. I mean, you could add some things in here and there. But, you know, the ultimate goal is to be able to write your own music, to play your own music. But you make a hell of a lot of money playing someone else's music. That is for sure. You probably make more money. I, Josh Rivera was on the show a couple of months ago when we did the Perosia special. He even said he's made far more money now than he did playing with the Perosia. We only had one real payday. Yeah, we've been paid like gas money, but not a lot of that money. Uh, not a lot of that money went to us individually. It went back into the band, which that is something you should do. But when you're gigging, you're able to keep your own money. So if you, the listeners of the Kill Rock podcast, want to make money playing music, and but you also want to be in a band, I suggest taking some time and learning someone else's songs and gig if you want to make money playing music. Because your band is not going to start making money right away. If ever. Just my two cents. That's all. Next week, we have a very special episode. We always have special episodes. Every episode is special. We are stacked for the next few weeks. I mean, we are so stacked, we have to put Traveler on a Thursday episode, which is this Thursday, March 26th. Next Monday, on March 30th, 
We have Levi the Poet. Levi McAllister joins us here at the Kill Rock Podcast to talk about his brand new album, Correspondence. Also to talk about his West Coast tour, the Don't Sink tour that he's booking now. If you're looking to book Levi the Poet, go to levithepoet.net and uh, find out however way you could book them on their West Coast tour. I can't remember exactly which states. They're all Western states. Uh, So like California, Arizona, Oregon. Uh, I think Washington was in there. Nevada was for sure in there. Go levithepoet.net. We also, like I said earlier in this episode, we have Josh Weidling from Digital Tour Bus. He'll be on the show in the next couple weeks. We are also working on getting another band onto the show for the in the in the next couple weeks. Now I'm gonna leave you guys with a segment before we get to a final song. Uh, this segment is called my roommate sings. Now this segment, if you guys hate it now, we'll never do it again. But if you guys love it, we'll do it. We'll do it forever. We have stock recordings of this and, uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. This is my old roommate. Uh, I'm not going to mention anyone's name, so I'm going to call him roommate X. He is a very very, very enthusiastic shower singer. He loves singing. He loves singing in the shower. He loves singing everywhere, actually. So with that, we are going to introduce you to this week, My Roommate Sings. Now, 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 calm down. That was the first rendition of My Roommate Sings. If you guys love it, send us an email, keith at killrockpodcast.com. Also, kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com. Go get your subscription to audibletrial.com slash killrock for your free 30-day trial. Did I say that already? And your free audiobook download. Also, go check out the PodTrack survey. It is The link's going to be in the description of this episode and every episode, actually. Also, go check out Kylan Road. They have some amazing, amazing, amazing covers out there. They just released Run, Run, Run featuring terrific singer Erica Gutron. And they also have the Coldplay and Fink cover that's out there right now. They did the Megan Trainer thing with Erica. Go check them out. Go support them. Go check out those bands and artists. 
With that, we are going to leave you with one final song off one of my favorite bands. And I had this, I had a song of these guys playing a couple weeks ago. I got to do it again. This is Colors with their song, The Man Unknown. Thank you guys for joining us here at the Kill Rock Podcast. Thursday, March 26th, we have Traveler with Wasim Bazi. Also, Monday, we have Levi McAllister from Levi the Poet. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you Thursday here on the Kill Rock Podcast. Just as soon as it comes, it comes.